as I was going over the message and just really finishing it early this morning, um, the Lord had spoken to me earlier in the week as to what to speak, but, and I had started the message, whatever, there's put some finishing touches on it early this morning. And as I was writing, I really felt the presence of the Lord and I heard the heart of the Father. I really heard God. Um, I'm going to teach this morning on kingdom forgiveness, kingdom forgiveness. And, you know, we've been talking about the kingdom and how we as citizens of the kingdom are supposed to operate. But I, I, I really want to talk about kingdom forgiveness this morning. And this is still another characteristics of those who are citizens of the kingdom, and that is to forgive. Um, I've taught this message, I've taught on forgiveness. As a matter of fact, I've even written a book on forgiveness. Um, the name of the book is Help, I Want to Stop Hurting, A Guide to Forgiveness. And if, you, if you're interested, it's available on Amazon. But that's that commercial. But I, I really, as I was writing, and I, I've taught the, the message on forgiveness from the perspective of um, if you don't forgive, what could happen and how the Lord, it displeases God. But this morning as I was finishing and I was, I, was, I was meditating before the Lord and I heard God speak to my heart that I'm not to teach this message today from the perspective of that he's upset with us or that he is angry because we're not forgiving. But rather, I want, he wants us to realize that it is his heart that those things that we have pushed so far and deep down on the inside, things that we've shut away, things that have happened to us. And uh, some of us, there's some, there've been some heinous things that have happened to us and some horrific situations and we've closed doors and built walls. And he wants us to know that he's concerned about those. And yours may not, your situation may not even be one that has been so heinous, but it's still things that we've put back and, 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 and there's, there are things there and it's, they've been hindrances to us and we want to move from them, but we're having difficulty doing so. So that's the heart of the father this morning that he's here to help us today. So I want us to, to really, as we listen to the word today, and even as, and I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself too, even as I'm speaking this morning, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today, I really want us to hear what he's saying from the perspective of how much he loves us, because God loves us. Amen. I want us to go first of all to the Lord's Prayer. We know the Lord's Prayer. We learned it when we were young, most of us. Uh, if we went to Sunday school, we learned in Sunday school. Our parents probably taught it. That was our, we, we, we had to recite it. We had to know it. That's something we've gotten away from as parents today. We don't teach the ch our children. A lot of parents, some do. A lot of parents don't teach the ch our children the word to recite and to rehearse the word. That's just a little sidebar. We need to remind children, teach our children the word of the Lord. Amen. Matthew, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse. And, and we know that by heart. Um, 
After this manner, therefore, pray ye. This is Jesus. The disciples wanted him to teach them to pray. And he taught them, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is as in, in, in earth as it is in heaven. Then he said, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is not the prayer. We don't necessarily have to just quote this as a prayer, but this is a model prayer. I'm not going to teach the whole Our Father's Prayer model today, but there's some things in this that I want us to look at. First of all, I want us to look at verse 12. And this verse is so important. For it says this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're talking about kingdom forgiveness today. Forgive us our debts the same way, another way we can say this, the same way as we forgive our debtors. Then it goes on to say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Then it says, amen. That's where we usually stop. But I want us to look at verses 14 and 15 very closely today. It says this, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, Neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. When I first read that scripture really was impressed upon me, 14 and 15, Something had happened in my life, and I said, I'm not going to forgive. And I even went to the scripture to try to find, went to the word to try to find scriptures to justify why I, I wasn't going, I didn't have to forgive. But then the Lord brought this scripture before me. If I, if you don't forgive, then I won't forgive you. Then he said he couldn't forgive me because the word had him, his hands as it were tied, because he will not, he cannot go against his word. So here we are. If we, I was in a situation where I needed the Lord to help me. I needed him to help me in, in what I was going through, but I tied his hands because I would not let go of the situation. It wasn't even just that I wouldn't let it go, but I didn't even know how to. I was hurt so bad, I didn't even know how to. So then I would, like I said, I went to the scripture to try to justify why not why I didn't have to forgive. But I want us to look at something here today. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, and, and the 21st and the 22nd verse, well, we're going to go from the 21st to the 35th verse. I think before we go to the 21st and 22nd verses, I want us to look at the parable that the Lord taught starting in verse 23. We'll start there first and we'll come back to um the 21st and 22nd. This is the parable. This parable is called the parable of the unforgiving servant. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Jesus said this. He said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And I'm not going to read the whole paragraph. So we're looking at this king. He was looking at, he was going over, as it were, going over his books and going over what was old and whatever. And he found that one of his servants owed him a substantial amount of money. 
I looked it up. It says he owed him, I think it was, was it 100 talents? And 100 talents was equivalent to millions of dollars today. Millions of dollars. Okay, so he owed him this all of this money. This is one of his servants. And he wasn't able to pay him. He wasn't able to pay him. So the king decided, he said, okay, what I need you to do, he told his people, he said, I want you to get him. I want you to sell him, sell his wife, sell his children, and sell, you know, gonna sell all his family, sell everything else that he has. And at least I'll be able to get something for the debt. But then this, the servant, he begged the king. He said, please don't send me. He said, you know, I want to pay you in essence. He said, I want to pay you. He said, but, um, but I'm just not able to pay you anything, everything right now. He said, but please be patient with me. Please be patient with me. And the king was moved with compassion and he freely and completely not only said, I'll be patient with you. He, he totally forgave the debt. He completely freed him of all of the debt that he had. Doesn't that sound just like God? Doesn't that sound just like where we were? We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And Ephesians, the second chapter, the first verse tells us we were even, it tells us we were dead in trespasses and sin. We were, we were bad off. Bible even tells us we were ignorant and out of the way. We weren't even a people. We were the devil was our daddy, was our father. We were without God, but God who is rich in mercy. What he did, we got, it didn't matter what we had done. It didn't matter where we, where, where we came from, where we were. Didn't matter how long we did what we did. He completely and totally forgave us of our sins. Completely and totally totally forgave us of our sins. And then Ephesians, the second chapter in the eighth verse, it said, for by grace, have you been saved through faith, through faith. And he said that it wasn't of ourselves, but it was the gift of God. Help me here, Holy Ghost. It was the gift of God. Look at this great gift that God has given us that God has given, and even since we've been saved, how many times have we messed up? Over and over and over again. In Matthew, the 18th chapter and the 21st and 22nd verse, Peter went to Jesus and he said, Lord, how oft should I forgive? Shall I forgive? No, shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. And then Jesus answered him and said, thou sayest unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In other words, you're supposed to forgive your brother at least 470 times. You know, people say, the Bible says 470 times in a day. I've been searching for that scripture that says the day part, but it, I haven't found that scripture yet. But I've seen the one where he tells us we're supposed to forgive one person at least 490 times, 490 times that should be. All right, so now here we are. How many times have we, even since we've been saved, let's, let, since we've been saved, how many times have we messed up over and over and over again? And he still forgave us 
we there was nothing that we could have done to earn the forgiveness of God. We didn't deserve it. Some things we went and did it on our own. He told us not to do it. We went and just did it anyway. And yet he forgave us a great debt. He has forgiven us a great debt. But now, doesn't that sound just like that servant? We go back to the Lord and say, forgive us. Be patient with me. Help me. Strengthen me. Help me. And he forgives us. He forgives us. Look at the goodness of God in our lives. Look at the goodness of God. When we deserve to be cut off, he loved us. And he's still loving us in spite of us. He loves us. God loves his people. But I want us to continue to looking to look at this particular parable. Then the servant, that same one who the king, the king forgave millions, equivalent to millions of dollars, millions of U.S. dollars. Let me say it that way, because this broadcast is heard in different countries. It's he. he he, I mean, he freely forgave it. No strings attached. He took the loss himself. The servant took the loss himself because it was his money. He took the loss and yet, yet, the, and, and, and didn't even charge anything to the servant. So now, this servant, after he's forgiven this great debt, millions of dollars, he went out and found a, another fellow servant who owed him a debt. The debt that he owed him was probably equivalent to not even five U.S. dollars. Not even five dollars. So then what this servant who had been forgiven did, he grabbed the man by the throat and he demanded that he paid him his money. He wanted his money. Now the man had been, the servant had been forgiven millions of dollars, but here he is, somebody did him a little bit of wrong and still he owed it to him. Yes, the man owed it to him, but he grabbed him by his throat. He had him thrown, let me say this, the man who owed him the small amount begged him for mercy. He asked him for mercy. And when he asked him for mercy, the man said, uh-uh, you got to pay me. And what he did, he had him thrown into prison until he was able to pay. One million, mil, not one million, millions of dollars forgiven and now here he is demanding and seeking retribution for $5 or less than $5. Does that sometimes sound like us? God has forgiven us much, much, but yet, People talk about us, 
We hold grudges. We can flick some people, as it were, from under our nails so quickly. I don't have nothing to do with them. They looked at me wrong. Did you see? I heard that she said so-and-so. Some things we don't even know to be the truth. But yet, we hold things against people. We hold on to unforgiveness in our heart, knowing, often knowing that we're wrong for doing so. And the reason I say we know we're wrong because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside and he tells us. But yet, yet, we have not been willing to free the other individual or be merciful to the other individual who has done in comparison to what we did to God, who has done less than $5 worth of wrong. This is not to say what they did wasn't wrong. It's not to say that what they did wasn't wrong. What it is to say, however, is that we don't consider the great forgiveness that God did for us and the price that had to be paid and the loss and the pain that Jesus Christ suffered to, so that we could come boldly to the throne of grace when we consider what someone else has done to us. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Colossians, the third chapter, the 12th verse says this. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, seeking long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So also do ye. The same way God has forgiven us, that's how he wants us to forgive us. The same way, I'm going to say it again, God has forgiven us. That's the same way God wants us to forgive others. Then Paul wrote in, um, in, in, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, he said this in verse 31. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another. He said, and the next word is tenderhearted. How many of us, maybe you all, we're not it, not you, not me, nobody I know. Let's say nobody I know. But does this word not apply to? It says tenderhearted. Tenderhearted which is we're quick to forgive. We're easy to forgive. We don't hold, we don't get hard-hearted against people. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And here Paul is saying that same thing again, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God help us, help me, help us.
I want us to look at this. Let's go on and look what happens to the servant. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, and if we look in verse 32, let's look and see what happens to this unforgiving servant. Then his Lord, after he call, had called him, said unto him, what happened? Some of the servants went and told the king what they saw happen. What happened, how he, they knew that the king had forgiven this man these millions of dollars, you know, <laughs> millions. One place, as I was looking at the amounts, one place said it was billions, billions. It... <laughs> He said, it said he was, it was, the amount was equivalent to what only 132 people in the world own. That many people are that rich. That's the amount of this man's debt. But he said, then the Lord, his Lord, after that he had called him, help me, Holy Ghost, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, <clears throat> I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me, simply because you asked me to do it. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. I was looking at that, and 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 I know I've heard it taught more than one way that you'd be this is you'd be uh, turned over to hell or whatever, but. Unforgiveness is torment. Unforgiveness, you have, if, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, it's a lack of peace. You have a lack of peace. It's torment. And, and we're going to go on and look, look, look down as we get further into the message this morning. I really want us to, to really hear what unforgiveness will do to you. It, 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 it stops love from flowing. And I don't want to get away from my, uh, get ahead of myself, but it's, 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 it, 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 it like your clothes, your every, it's like you're behind a wall. That's a good way to describe it. Nothing can come in. No love really comes in and no love really goes out. But let's go on. Let's look at what forgiveness is first. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Forgiveness is kingdom character. It's kingdom character. It's the character of the children of God. It's the character of the children of God. It is the epitome. It is the epitome of what true Christianity is. It's what real God is. It's the character that the children of God should display. It's, it's part of the light that the world is looking for. 
Forgiveness is a heart change. It's where the heart has moved toward and your feelings toward your offender has changed. It's a willingness that you now have in your heart to help your offender if they need it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Forgiveness is praying for your offender. Not that God kills him or help him. Not he, sometimes we may not pray God kill him, but God, that God takes revenge on him. No, but pray that God helps them. You know, because if you pray and God helps your offender, then you've gained a brother. You've gained your sister. And you know what forgiveness really is? It is a true expression of the love of God, which it is in a true expression of God. That's what real forgiveness is. Real forgiveness is looking at your offender and not seeing them through the eyes of what they have done but seeing them through the eyes of mercy, seeing them, Hashida, seeing them through God's eyes, seeing them as God sees them. See, because God loves everybody. God loves you. He loved you when you were offending people. He loves me when I was offending people. It's not his will that anybody should perish. When we were offenders, because all of us have hurt somebody at some time or another. There are people we have offended, even thinking we were doing it the right way. Sometimes we talk short to people. Sometimes we hurt people's feelings. When we were offenders, it didn't stop God from loving us. It didn't stop God from loving us. But what it did is show it what God did in the midst of it showed his kindness and his mercy and his long suffering for us. And we have heard people since we've been saved, since we've been saved, but yet we wanted forgiveness. But when we people hurt us, we're not willing to extend the same measure of mercy to them that we want people to extend to us if we, if we when we offend them. What is the detriment then? We see what forgiveness is, but I want us to look at what the detriment is if we hold on to unforgiveness. How can it hurt us? Does it help us? Just because now you hurt me, I leave you alone. Is that helping me or does it hurt me? I want us to look at something. Unforgiveness keeps us from exhibiting kingdom character. It keeps us from exhibiting kingdom character. It keeps us from letting the light of God shine to those who really need it. It opens a door for Satan and gives him place to work in our heart. It, 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 what it does, it gives Satan ground in our lives.
We're giving Satan a place. Place, the Bible says, don't get placed to the devil. We're giving Satan a place. See, because if, if he can, there's, a, I remember growing up in the church, this man would come to our church and he, he would sing the song, don't let the devil ride because if you let him ride, he gonna wanna drive. <laughs> so it gives him a place so he can try to drive, try to be in control. It shifts our focus from the things of God onto our flesh, our feelings and what you did to me and how you made me feel. And then it, it, it unforgiveness is dangerous. Unforgiveness is dangerous. It keeps us from experiencing a great relationship with God. Our fellowship with God is broken. These are the detriments of holding on to unforgiveness in our heart. And my prayer today, I'm, I, my prayer is that, that the Holy Spirit will remind us, you, me too, remind all of us of, of, of people in our lives that it could be something so small that we need to get rid of. By the end of this message, if he speaks to you, as he speaks to you, and I believe he's speaking, as he speaks to you, ask him, Holy Spirit, help me right here. If you have to write the name down and say, help me, we're going to talk about that Holy Spirit. Whatever you have to do at the end of this message, I want it to be so that you and me, that we're getting rid of things that the Holy Spirit is not pleased with, things that are detrimental to our walk with the Father. Holy, I'm sorry, unforgiveness keeps us separated from others. People who could supply to me or people that I can supply to them. When there is some, some, some things are just so minor, so minor, so minor. And it has put up, we've thickened walls. We built walls against people. And these are things, and we're holding on to things. Some of us have held things in our hearts from children. Since we were small, sisters don't talk to sisters. Brothers don't talk to brothers. And the enemy just fanning the fire, just fanning it, just fanning it, fanning it. And it grows more. You never talk. You never get together when we could get together. We never, we, 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 if they came in the room, you left out of the room. Sometimes all because of things that you don't even remember what happened. All you remember, they hurt my feelings. You don't even remember the details sometimes. But it's still that thing is in our heart. Unforgiveness causes pain and disappointments that fester. And as they fester, they keep on festering. Festers in our heart. And what they do, it turns into bitterness. Have you ever met someone just, they're just bitter, just bitter. You wanna go around with them, but they're just bitter. It's like they're mad with the whole world, but that's, they have bitterness in their heart. And it comes from something, it could have been a, a traumatic situation, whatever it might have been, but that thing is festered over the years. Unforgiveness will change your personality. I'm a witness to that. I'm a living witness to that one. It will change your personality. You could have been an easy, easy going, fun-loving person, and then something happens. 
And if you don't deal with that and allow the Holy Spirit to deal with that situation, what happens is you begin to change. You don't trust people anymore. You don't want to have to really, won't really want to have to do anything to do with people. Where you used to be fun loving and laughing, you won't even want to have nothing to do with people. The whole, your whole personality will change simply because that unforgiveness has started festering and you have become bitter. Bitterness is like an infection. It's like having an infection. And that infection is left untreated. Let's say if I had a, a urinary tract infection and it's left untreated, what would happen to me, I start getting disoriented. I'm not well, I'm having some pains, I'm, I'm losing focus. Why? Because there's something on the inside that needs to be dealt with. Something has gone wrong. It's like an infection. And often, we, like I said, you forget about what the real problem was. You forget about how you got the infection and you start focusing on the infection itself and what people did. And they said this and you're always on the defensive always on the defensive and you're always quick to quick to pounce if somebody says something you're like eh. be quiet because there's something there that is festering in that heart that we have not as yet allowed the holy spirit to deal with but i'm god help us today he wants us to be free we feel guarded. We build walls protecting ourselves. That bitterness causes us to feel that everybody is against us. This is torment. This is not freedom. This is torment. We're not able to receive love, true love. We're not able to give real love because if you hurt me, let's say you hurt me and I've allowed that thing in my heart. It's, and I live this. This was me. I lived in a constant state of waiting for the next person to hurt me. I lived in a constant state of waiting. I, I, I could just meet you, but eventually I felt you were going to hurt me. I felt you would eventually hurt me too. Constantly in and that's misery, which means somebody could come into your life and you, and they genuinely love and God can send them into your life to help you. And you're constantly living in the state of comparing them to somebody else. They may make a mistake, but that does not mean that they're just like the other person. That, that could just been a bad day for them. But it doesn't mean that they're like everybody else. God have mercy. Help us, Lord. Bitterness spills out onto others. It affects all of our relationships. We lash out. God help me. Hebrews, the 12th chapter in the 15th verse said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many are defiled. Because of the root of bitterness, a whole lot of damage can be done. Help us here, Holy Ghost. Bitterness tears up relationships. 
Bitterness divides families. Bitterness divides churches. Bitterness destroys marriages. Bitterness divides friendships. God, help us this morning. And that's your heart, Father, to help us to let go of this stuff. But I want to show you the benefits. I've shown you the detriments of unforgiveness. But I want you to hear to, 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 to hear the benefits of forgiveness. Number one, you are never more like God when you forgive. Why is that? Because God forgave. He did what he did so that mankind could be forgiven and brought back in reconciliation with him. It's, it's because then when we forgive, real love can flow. The love of God can flow. That's why the measure of our, of our spiritual maturity is how quickly we can forgive. If we're holding on to things, that's something hindering our spiritual growth. God wants us to forgive. Another benefit of forgiveness, it sets you free. It sets us free from the prison that we constructed. We built We built those walls. I remember when I was writing the book, um, Help, I Want to Stop Hurting, I, I saw this quote. It was by Lewis B. Smeads. He said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. A lot of times we think we're, we, we forgive and we're, we're, we're releasing someone else. But when we forgive, we let us, we, we're freed. We are set free because our heart, because sometimes people... People, we're holding things against some folks dead. Some people are dead and gone. Some people don't even know they offended you. So when you forgive, you are releasing yourself. Some do, most, a lot do. But some, some don't even know you. it bothered you the way that it did bother you. But when we forgive, we set ourselves free. Forgiveness destroys the roots of bitterness. It opens the path for the painful reliving of what happened to stop. How many times do we think about the situation over and over and over and over and over again? But when we forgive, it lets it turns that off. It turns that movie in our head off. It turns that movie in our heart off. And it removed the chains that had us linked to the offense. It removed, forgiveness removes those chains. You feel better. And then you know what? You can receive and give genuine love. You can receive and you can give genuine love. I need to say this. I need to hurry on. I need to hurry on because my time is moving. I want to let you know what forgiveness is not. Some people say, but you don't know what they did to me. I don't know if I could ever trust them again. Forgiveness does not mean that the person didn't do you wrong or what they did was wrong. Yes, it was wrong. 
They shouldn't have done it. It's not forgive. If I forgive you, does not say you didn't do it. Yes, you did what you did. But forgiveness come. It's it removes a desire in your heart to make them pay for what they did. Often we're sitting here wishing something. We may not say it out of our mouths, but in our heart and in our attitude, we're wishing for something to happen to them just so they can pay for what they did to us. And sometimes we even pray and use scriptures to justify it. Forgiveness is not returning evil for evil, trying to make them pay. My mother said something one time. She said, God will make your enemy your footstool, but you better not put your foot on. What does that mean? God will make your enemy your footstool. In other words, you may see your enemy fall. You may see him fall, but you better not sit back and rejoice in it. Because still blessed are the merciful. See, because sometimes you gonna fall. Something may happen to you and you want mercy. But if you don't give your, your offenders mercy, if you don't give mercy to the one that hurt you in your time, there will be no mercy for you. God wants us to forgive. Forgiveness is not having thoughts of revenge or rejoicing when something happens. And this is big. <laughs> Forgiveness is not rehearsing the conversations in your mind. What do I mean by that? I should have said this to them. Lord, I've done this. I should have said this to them. Or if I see them again, this is what I'm going to say. Or the next time I see this, this is what I'm going to do. I need to make sure they know how, I, how, how what they did really affected me. I need to let them know that that wasn't God. All of these conversations we have in our minds over what we should have done or how we should have treated the person or what I should have said in the midst of, or I should have let them know that what they doing was lying. And I, I've had those conversations, but when real forgiveness comes, those conversations stop. Those conversations stop. Forgiveness does not mean that there are no consequences for what the person did. Because I forgive you does not mean that there are no consequences. I just don't have to wish the consequences on them. I need to leave the consequences to the Lord. I need to pray for mercy on their behalf. I need to be the one. I need to be the one to intercede on their behalf because that's what I want somebody to do for me. Remember, we talked last week. Do unto others as you would somebody do unto you. And you mess up, you want somebody to pray for you. So when they mess up, you just happen to be the one who was the brunt of the mess up. But you still need to be the minister in their lives and pray for them. Forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean it eliminates the consequences. That's between God. You pray and ask God to be merciful. God chooses how he deals with it. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Forgiveness is not determining what their punishment should be or how I need to punish them. God said, vengeance is mine. God said, vengeance is mine. Oh, he requires for us. He requires for us to forgive and to love and let him take care of the rest. One problem that a lot of people have, and I, and I need to hurry because my time is almost gone. One problem that a lot of people have, they would say, and this is how I really felt this morning. I felt it. God knows I felt it. People want to get past situations and don't know how. We don't want to be in, in, in carrying burdens. The burdens that we carry, the torment that we're in, we're tired. We're tired of it. We don't want to carry these burdens any longer. So, Lord, how do I get past? How do I get past painful relationships? How do I forget get past when my friend did this to me or my husband did that to me or my children did that to me or they did this on my job or they did this in the church or how do I get past or get past all of my past? Because I do have the walls and I am alone. I feel alone. We, this is what we're telling the Lord. Some of us, God help me. I don't know how to get, we want to get this thing. We want to forgive. We want to get from behind these heavy, thick walls that we've built, but we don't know how. So how do I forgive? First of all, those of you who know Christ as Lord and Savior, you have a powerful helper on the inside. His name is Holy Ghost. His name is Holy Spirit. He's there to help us if we ask him for help. First there is no change without admission. Admit, Holy Spirit, I don't like them. I have a problem with them. This is not going out telling Tom, Dick, and Harry. And I can understand if you go to someone who, an, an, an anointed vessel of God, say, help me here. This is where I'm having an issue. I understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about where we're going to talk about somebody. Well, uh -uh, that's not where it is. Well, you want other people to know what they did. No, that's not seeking real forgiveness. Real forgiveness is when you're trying to get help, genuine help to change. Holy Spirit, I've got a problem with this person. This is where I am. This is how I feel. I don't want to see them. I want to hear the name. I don't like them. I don't like them. And this thing has been festering. And I realize that I'm getting better. Help me. One thing, too, that's so important to do is separate the individual from the wrong that they did. God does not like sin, but he loves himself some sinners. God doesn't like sin, but he loves people, all people. I remember, and I've got to, oh, i got to hurry here. I remember a lady, this other lady was having an affair with her husband. And 
long and short of that story, the wife ended up ministering to the, to the lady, to the mistress, and brought her into the kingdom. That's an example of true forgiveness. That's an example of, not, was the wife hurt? Of course the wife was hurt. But she had to lay down her hurt. She had to lay down her pain and realize that that soul was more important than what they had done. And what, how was she able to do this? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. She had to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit that was on the inside of her. And that's what we can do. Don't expect an apology from your offender. You may never get it. How to forgive, don't expect that apology. Some people say, well, if they just apologize, then I can be, no, hey, they may never. What if they're dead? Don't expect an apology. <clears throat> this does not mean that you can't release them. Doesn't mean that you can't still love them just because they don't apologize. I, I read this saying, and the author is unknown. I don't know who, who quoted it. He said this. He said, I never knew how strong I was until I had to forgive someone who was not sorry. See, because if you don't forgive, you that person, that offense is still holding you captive. And you still, you're trying to get out. You're trying to grow in God, but that thing still holds you. And you can't free yourself. You can't get free from it because it holds you captive. But the Holy Spirit will help you if you allow him to do it. You don't need an apology in order to be free. You've got to realize, though, that just as God wasn't mad at you when you offended people, God is not mad at your offender because he offended you. God loves people. God's not, and let me say this to you too. God is not mad at you because you've held on to offense. Because you haven't forgiven. Some people haven't forgiven for years and years and years. God's not mad at you. If he was mad at you, he wouldn't be talking to you. God wants us to know that he loves us. God loves us. That's why he's talking to us, because he loves us. It's not his will that anybody should perish. He loves us. We've got to make a conscious decision to choose to be merciful. I've got to decide. I've got to decide myself. I am going to forgive. Holy Spirit, help me. I am going to forgive. I, it's, it's time for me to let this go. I'm tired. The other people, your fender going on. They just out. You see them out and about doing whatever. They're happy laughing and you have become bitter. Your life is almost look like you can't get past right here. They're just out soaring in life. But God, God wants you to get unstuck. That's a good way to put it. It's time for you to get unstuck. Hallelujah, Jesus. When we go before the throne of grace, the word tells us that we can find mercy and grace to help 
in time of need. And the reason I say that now, because those thoughts are going to come back. The thoughts will come back. But when the thoughts return, and they will return, something may remind you of what happened. When they return, you still have the same power on the inside. You cast those thoughts down. Don't even dwell on them. Holy Spirit, you're here to help me. You see where I am? Talk to him. I promise you if you fellowship with him, I promise you if you talk to him, if you really surrender your heart and open up those doors in your heart for him to help you, I promise you he's going to help you. Does this mean that I've got to go talk to the person? Not necessarily. No. You do what the Holy Spirit tells you. Again, some people are dead. You may never see them again. Some folks, you never, ever, ever see them again in this lifetime. They, live, they move to the other side of the world. You may never see them. But it does not mean that you can't be free. Freedom is in God. Freedom is in your heart. It comes, it starts with a decision in your heart that I need help. The only way that you and me and anybody else are going to be able to do this is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Those of us who know him, we can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. He will help us if we ask him to help. Hallelujah. He, it's the Father's desire that we come into relationship with him. Full, right relationship, a loving relationship. He's our father. He's a perfect father. And he doesn't want anything to separate us and him. Nothing to separate us. And, and I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to believers. With the power on the, of the Holy Spirit on the inside, he will help us. This is not to say that you won't go to talk to a counselor. This is not to say that you, you won't go to even a therapist, a Christian therapist, or whomever. That's not what I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the work of the spirit that he will do on the inside of your heart. It can happen immediately like that, or it may take you time. It comes, but I know if you trust him, he will do it. As you, It may take you more time to surrender. You may have more doors to open than I have, have, that I have to open. But one thing I know for certain, if you open those doors and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, I promise you, he will help you. He will help you. I need you to realize this. God is not mad at you. God's not mad at you. But one thing the word declares, that we have a high priest and he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. God is concerned about us. He's concerned about us. Everything that we go through, every situation that Playing we, from iPhone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Every situation that he deal that we deal with, he's mindful of it. Every Thing that has hurt you, 
He wants you to be free. He wants us to be free. He, it's time for you to get unstuck. It's like unforgiveness is like us being in quicksand and it's like taking our life. It's like it's draining. Draining the life out of us. But he wants us to be free. Cash, he cares on him. He cares about us. Cash, he cares on him. He cares about us. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pains we bear. Why? Because we're not carrying everything to the Lord in prayer. Life has dealt us some blows. It's real. We've been hurt. It's real. But I don't have to stay stuck all my life. People may never change. People may never admit they did you wrong. But that does not mean I have to keep letting that control my life. There's a great victory that the Lord has for you. The victory belongs to the people of God. Forgive. Just as the Lord has forgiven, just as the Lord has forgiven you, forgive others. People have disappointed us. Yes, some folks have done some things we would have never expected that they would have done. But it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck there. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And I can pray for them, and I do pray because I don't want to see them the enemy overtake anybody. I want us to have the victory in him. I want, I don't want to be the only one to make it. But look how much more we can rejoice together when those who the, we know the enemy had targeted. When we know the enemy had targeted them or was using them against us. Uh, when we know the enemy had targeted them using them against us. How Look at how much more, how much more victory we can have when they've given themselves fully over to the Spirit, fully over to the Lord. I love the Lord this morning. I love the Lord. I love you. God loves you. Make the decision. God, today, I want to forgive. Help me, Holy Spirit. And realize God loves you, so he's there to help. Since he loves you, he's there. He's waiting. He's waiting to help you. All he's asking you to do is to cry out to him. Wherever you're hearing this message, whether it's here this morning live, or you're hearing it later, in whatever the time zone you may be in, cry out to the Lord right where you are. Just be honest with him. Talk to him like you're talking to a friend. You don't have to find any great swelling word. Talk to him just like you're talking to a friend. Help me. I don't like her. I don't like what she did. I don't like what he said. I don't like what he did. It doesn't matter what it was. And some of us have offenses with God. We don't like the way out the route our life has gone and the things that he allowed in our lives and the pains and the suffering that we've gone through. We don't like it. Be honest with him. He already knows anyway, so be honest with him. Talk to Let's pray. Oh God, 
feel your heart this morning. Father, we love you today. We bless you. Oh, God, here we are. We're your people. Many of us have shut doors for years that we refuse to open. But I pray, Father, this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would help us. Help us. Show us areas in our lives where we haven't allowed your word to touch. Show us those areas in our lives where we fortified doors, we built walls. <laughs> and we refuse to even deal with that situation. Help us today. Give us the courage that we need to trust you. Realizing that you're the one who can help us. Some are saying, I don't want to feel that pain no more. If I think about it, it hurts too badly. But oh God, I ask and did the side. I pray God that you heal, heal wounds, take away scars in our lives. Like only you can. Things you've done for me in times past, over and over, God. I bless you for it. And I pray, God, that you do the same for those under the sound of my voice. You want to fellowship with us, all of us, our whole self. You want to fellowship with us, Lord, and you know that there are things and areas in our lives that's hindering that pure fellowship. So Holy Spirit, move in our lives today. Help us, and we will be helped. I thank you for it. Give us the courage. Give us the strength to bear. Realizing that you're not here to destroy us, but you're here to help. We believe you for it and we bless you. I honor you this morning. And Father, there are those under the sound of my voice who don't know you as Lord and Savior. Oh, oh God, save souls, forgive sin. Let them come to know the beauty it is in knowing you. We cry out to you, I want to be saved. Save souls today. I bless you. Then there are those who are away from you. I pray, Father, this morning that you would forgive them, draw them, let them know they haven't gone too far from you. And pray, God, that the gift of the Holy Spirit that's in some of them, that they'll be stirred up. That gift of the Holy Spirit in them will be stirred up beyond Osama. Stirred up again. And then in I bless you for it. I honor you for it today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. 